If you would open your Bibles with me to John chapter 8, John chapter 8 this morning. And any little ones that can, uh, would like to go to preschool praise can be dismissed now. John 8. Okay, so as I get into this, let me just give you some um, information, some background information that will give you the context. So, so Jesus in John 8, is he's having a conflict with the, um, I know I'm going to knock that off, hang on. Um, he's having a conflict with the religious leaders of his day. And he's in the temple courts talking with them. And as he's teaching, many believe. And so he then says, if you remain in my word, you are really my disciple. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And, and when these uh, Jewish leaders hear that, their response is, but we are Abraham's children. He is our father in the faith. And what they're saying is our confidence in our salvation is because we come from Abraham and are children of the promise that God made to Abraham. So as Jesus teaches him, them, they accost him with two things. They say, you're a Samaritan, which is kind of like saying you're a dirty dog, and you have a demon. And the response is, who do you make yourself out to be? It's a great question. You can see it there in the courts. You're a demon. You have a demon. You're just a Samaritan. Jesus says, no, I'm not. I don't have a, a demon. Who do you make yourself out to be? And that's what he says, how he answers that is remarkable. So if you'll look in your Bibles, John 8, verse 48 to 59, I'll, I'll read that. The Jews answered him, are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and, and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets who died? Who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, well, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar like you. But I do know him, and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, You're not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And so they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Let's pray. Lord, what a, what a statement. Jesus claims to be 
the I am, Lord. And I, I ask just uh, that you would impact our lives and our minds, our thinking, our hearts. Lord, uh, use your word right now, Father, in this church. And be glorified, Father. Let us uh, have a better trust, knowledge, faith that Christ is the Son of God and he is before Abraham, Jehovah. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Who are you claiming to be? That, that's, a, that's a real common question of Jesus' day because there was so much expectation. And so if you think about John 1, the beginning of the book of John, and we preached on this several weeks ago, John was baptizing in the desert, and he had quite a following who were coming out to see him, baptizing them in a, a baptism of repentance. And so with the crowds coming out, the, the Jewish leaders they sent people as well. They sent priests and they sent Levites. And they came to him with that, that very question. And John says initially, first, I'm not the Messiah. So I'm not the Christ that you're looking for, John the Baptist says. Okay, these religious leaders say, well, are you Elijah? Because there was an expectation that Elijah was going to come back. No, I'm not Elijah. John 1, well, are you the prophet? And what they mean is the prophet that Moses said was going to come. No, I'm not that. Well, who are you, John? And then he quotes Isaiah 40, verse 3. I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. I am the one who came to prepare the way for the Messiah. You might say, I am the best man of the ceremony. Now, we have a very similar series of questions here in the temple. They've heard of Jesus healing people. They've heard that he is forgiving sins. And now he says, if you believe his word, you're never going to die. And their first response is, he has a demon. <laughs> and the reason is because the view of the day was that demons entered people and demons spoke through them. And therefore, it's a way of discrediting everything that he was saying. Now, to a Jew, Abraham heard and kept the word, and he died. The prophets heard, they kept the word, and they died. And so for him to suggest that his word is superior to the word of Abraham on one hand and the prophets on the other was so preposterous that they called him a Samaritan, which is like a dirty dog, and you must have a demon to be saying such ridiculous things. You see? And when Jesus says, I have no demon, the response is, okay, well, who in the world are you claiming to be? And his answer to that question, which we're about to talk about, is so astonishing that there in the temple courts, they pick up stones to stone him to death immediately. So our main idea is just a question this morning, who did Jesus claim to be? Who was he? Let's look at it from three angles. First is this, the Son of God. Look in your Bibles at verse 54 with me. Verse 54. Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. 
but you have not known him. I know him. I'd be a liar. And I keep his word. Stop there. Now remember the question. Remember the context. Jesus says, everybody who keeps my word will never die. And the leaders say, okay, who are you saying that you are? And he starts by first saying who he's not, right? He says, I'm not someone who honors myself. I'm not one of the many going around claiming to be the Messiah, because in his day there were many who claimed to be the Christ, the Messiah of the Old Testament prophecy, seeking their own honor and glory. And he repeats it in verse 49. I don't have a demon, but I honor my Father. I do not seek my own glory, but there is one who seeks it. Jesus did not come to display his own glory and greatness, but to reveal to you who his Father is, the glory of his Father. That was the ministry of Jesus, to reveal to the world the glory and the greatness who God is. R.C. Sproul, the, the great theologian, was asked by a consultant several years ago, what is the single most important thing for people to know? R.C. Sproul said, well, that's easy. The single most important thing that people inside the church need to know is the same as what people outside the church need to know, namely the character and the behavior of God. When Jesus says, I have come to glorify my Father, he's saying, I've come to reveal to the world the character and the behavior of who God is. But then he goes on the other side of the coin. Verse 50, I am the one who God honors. Verse 50, there is one who seeks it. Verse 54, it is my Father who glorifies me. Stop. Jesus is committed to revealing the glory of the Father, and the Father is committed to showing the greatness of his Son. So the question is, who are you? And he says, I am one who gives and receives glory from the Father. Now when you hear that, you immediately say, okay, there's a problem. Wait a second. And they would have heard this. There's a problem. You receive glory from the Father? What about Isaiah 42, 8, Jesus? I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, God says. What about Isaiah 48, 11, Jesus? My glory I'll give to no other. How can Jesus answer the question of who you are by saying, I am the one that God the Father glorifies. Didn't God say he would never share his glory with anyone, especially a fallen man? There's only one answer to that. John 17, 1. It, it's real similar to what we have here. He just adds a little bit more detail. Let me read that. John 17, 1. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. Jesus can say, God the Father glorifies me, that's to show my greatness, and not contradict Scripture only because he is God the Son. The one who is the express image of the Father, the very brightness of the Father's glory. And therefore, he can say about the Father, I will and 
in the future have and will show your glory and the Father's goal is to show my glory and will restore me to glory because he is God the Son. And it would be wrong if he didn't because he's God. Several years ago, I was, I was out bouldering with an old friend and um, this man was, he was a director for a big mission agency. He was a director of a particular country and we just began to talk about the faith, and he said, Rusty, my biggest struggle as a Christian is that Jesus never came out and said, I am God. And I struggle with that. Now, in one sense, that's true. In another sense, he said it so much that they tried to stone him for blasphemy. Here he claims he is the son of the father, the one who gives glory and receives glory from God, which can only be God himself. Now, I, I want to touch on this. I just want to pause one second. I want to say that in a, in a very different way. John 1.14, Jesus says it like this, or John said it. We behold his glory. Glory is the only begotten from the father, full of grace and truth. We've seen his glory, and it's full of two things. It's full of grace, and it's full of truth. Jesus is the God revealer. Through Christ, we experience, experience the glory of God in two, those, those two main ways. Your understanding and your will. Let me say it a different way. In your mind and in your heart. God communicates himself to our understanding and giving us a knowledge of his glory through the person of Christ. God communicates himself to your will, your heart, desires, and giving you a knowledge of who he is by the Holy Spirit of Christ dwelling in you. This is what happens when you become a believer. God communicates his life-changing glory and greatness to us through Christ being both our grace and our truth. Truth to the mind, grace to the heart and the desire. Truth for the understanding, grace for the will. And so when we become believers, it is our heart and mind that has been changed by Jesus, by his grace, and by his truth. I'll stop there. I can just keep going, but I'll stop. Okay, so who do you claim to be? Who do you claim to be? First, Jesus is God the Son who receives glory from the Father. Now, let's, let's step into Abraham now. Second, Jesus is the promise to Abraham, verse 56. Look in your Bibles, verse 56. Notice these words. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. <laughs> Can you imagine hearing that if you're in the temple courts and you're a Jew? Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. Abraham wanted to see the day of Christ's coming. Now we need to come back to the original claim. Put this in context. Verse 39, the Jews say, Abraham is our father. They're saying that we are the sons and daughters of Abraham. And so Jesus explains who he is through Abraham. Does that make sense? They're, they're claiming Abraham is our father. Jesus says, great, let me tell you who I am using Abraham. Make sense why he does that? Two things. Two things. First, Genesis 12, 1 to 3. And my question is, 
Jesus says, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. What does he mean by that? First is this, Genesis 12, 1 to 3. When God called Abram to leave his country and go to the land that he would show him, he gave him this promise. Verse 3, Genesis 12. And you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Through you, Abraham. Every family, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Through Abraham. Now think about this. That's very important. That's an incredible promise. The Jews knew that promise. And so Matthew starts his genealogy off. Who is Jesus? Abraham. He comes from Abraham. Matthew 1. Jesus came from Abraham. In Luke 1, Mary is filled with the Holy Spirit and she cries out this about her baby. Verse 54 and 55. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Mary identifies her child in her womb as the one who fulfilled the promises given to Abraham. The nations are going to be blessed through this child. Okay, well, what about the church? What about after Jesus dies and raises again? Listen to what Paul says in Galatians 3. There is neither Jew nor Greek Slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are one in Christ. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring and heirs according to the promise. Paul's point, you're not just a Jew, you're not just a Greek, you're not just a male or female. Christ has made you the fulfillment of the promises of Abraham. This was the day Abraham longed to see, the day His promise to be a blessing to the nations was fulfilled through Christ's death and resurrection. The nations will be saved just like Abraham by grace through faith. Okay, that's the first part. But there's a second part. Look back at that text. Notice what else he says. He saw it and was glad. (laughs) Wait a second. He saw the day of Christ and was glad? How, How does that happen? Well, here's what I think. In Genesis 22, God tells Abraham to take his son Isaac, the son of promise, up on the mountain and to offer him as a sacrifice. And you know the story. They laid upon Isaac wood. He goes up the mountain. Abraham binds him on the wood. He takes out his darn sharp knife, and he's about to plunge it in his heart. And the angel of the Lord is standing there and says, Abraham, Abraham, Something like this. Do not lay a hand on that boy. Abraham looks up, and there caught in the thicket is a ram by its goats. And he named the place God will provide. God will provide. There was a substitute. Abraham got a glimpse of how God would bless all the nations through him. He began to see it. God himself would provide a substitute. Sacrifice for the world's sin. And that sacrifice would come through Abraham himself. So what I'm saying is, he, he there, Saul, got a glimpse that God himself is going to provide for my sins a sacrifice. And I think what Jesus is saying is, Abraham saw it. He got a little bit of a glimpse, a little bit of the picture of how the nation is going to be blessed through him. A sacrifice is going to come through the line of Abraham. And that's me. 
Who do you claim to be? First, Jesus is God, the Son, who receives glory from the Father. Second, he is the fulfillment to the promises to Abraham. And lastly, and we'll close here, he is Jehovah himself. Look in your Bibles at verse 57 and 58. So the Jews said to him, you're not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. So they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Notice the response. How? How did Abraham see your day? You're not even 50, and which was considered back then the mark of a full life. How have you seen Abraham? And of course, now they really believe he's got a demon. And this is what he says. Before Abraham was, I am. And he starts that by saying, truly, truly, which is the Jewish way of saying, I'm about to say something very, very important. Before Abraham was, ego I me, I am. Now, I'm, bear with me. I want to put this in context. Third time he said this to him in the temple courts, but this time's different. Verse 24, I told you that you would die in your sins for unless you believe that I am he. Same, ego I me. Verse 28, Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he. Same thing. Now, who are you? And he's saying it, I've already told you so many times. I am. Now, what does that mean? Why, when they hear that, would they pick up stones to stone him? Well, when Moses had his vision of a burning bush and God told him to go back and to set the Jews free from the Egyptians, you know the story. He said, God, what is your name? God's answer is, I am who I am. In Hebrew, the word, when you add vowels, is Jehovah. Now, to finally and to fully answer the question, who are you? Jesus says in Greek, Hebrew, Jehovah, I am. In Greek, ego, I me. In English, I am that I am. And they understood exactly what he was saying, so they picked up stones to stone him because he was claiming to be none other than Jehovah himself. Now, I think about my friend who said, the hardest thing for me about being a Christian is Jesus never said he is God. And I want to just close with this. Think about his claims. He is the one who forgives sins. He's the one who sends the Spirit. He claimed God was his Father and he was God's unique Son. No Jew ever said that. He says, I and the Father are one. To know him is to know God. To see him is to see God. To receive him is to receive God. To reject him is to reject God. To honor him is to honor God. And then you think about the I am statements like we've been looking at. I am the bread of life, the light of the world, the gate of salvation, the good shepherd, the vine. Before Abraham was, I am. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Most of those are Jewish ways in the Old Testament that God identified himself. 
When Jesus was raised from the dead, Thomas doubted who he was, but when he felt the wounds on his side, he knew exactly what he said, who he was, and he calls him my Lord and my God, Elohim and Adonai. So, put it together. John begins his letter by calling him, he is the Word who was and is God. Here, in John 8, Jesus says, Ego I mean, I am. In other words, I am Jehovah. The book ends by saying, John declaring, or Thomas declaring, he is Elohim and Adonai. He is the Lord and our God. (laughs) And that's who our Savior is. And we are drawing close to Easter. And we will be worshiping him, yes, for everything he's done, but also who he is. Father, I I just praise you and we worship you that um, Jesus, and I I think about the transfiguration where you rebuked Peter for wanting to put Jesus on par with Moses and Elijah. Jesus is the unique eternal son. He is Jehovah made flesh, Lord, for us, Lord. And I just, I praise you. We thank you so much that what Abraham saw and the promises to Abraham were fulfilled in Christ. And now a true substitute has come that can bear the weight of the sin of anybody in the world who looks to him with faith and repentance. Praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.